good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening. Thank you very much for tuning in to the All You Listening Now podcast, where I will talk about any and everything. I am your host, Johnny, back at it again for another week. Actually, before I kick off today's show, I wanted to show some love and my heartfelt condolences to the families who lost their loved ones in the tragedy that happened this past weekend at the Astro World concert. Some of the ones who died hadn't really got to even experience life since a few of those individuals were teenagers. And my thoughts and prayers are with each one of those families who lost a loved one. Nevertheless, wherever you are, wherever you may be listening, I have certainly hope you've had a good week because I have as well. All right, ladies and gents, thank each one of y'all for taking time out of your busy day to download and listen to the show. Also, I want to thank everybody that has gone to my social media page on Facebook who has liked and followed me there. I greatly appreciate that. That can be found by searching R-Y-L now. That's the word R spelled out. Y-L now on Facebook. If you enjoy the content you're listening to here, like some of the things you see me post there, give me a like, give me a follow. I will greatly appreciate it. Also speaking of social media, I have another social media account and it's on TikTok. Um, The account is relatively new. I just started it. You can find me there by searching Are You Listening Now podcast. I think I have like three video uploads there or something like that. So nothing too lengthy yet, but more content to come. So if you want some content there, I'll be posting there on days I don't. Obviously, when the podcast doesn't air, look for me on TikTok by searching Are You Listening Now podcast. The podcast also is being played anywhere podcasts are being played these days. So if you have a friend, family, loved one, or just somebody that you've told about the show, they should be able to find the show on any podcast platform. In the description of the show notes, I leave timestamps for each segment of the show. So that way you can obviously get to and find the different segments in the show that you would like to listen to. So look for those timestamps in the description. On today's show, I want to talk about a couple of things that I found just interesting, actually. So by now, maybe you have heard of the Let's Go Brandon saying or song. Yep, it's a song, too. Um, You can go look it up. I believe it's number one on iTunes and it was number one on YouTube music, too, before they deleted it you know, censorship and all. In case you haven't heard the phrase or its origins, let me give you a quick background into it. So during a NASCAR race, a driver named Brandon Brown won the race. And while he was getting interviewed, the crowd during that interview started chanting F Joe Biden. Now the interviewer Um, that was there, then starts to say the crowd was chanting or saying, let's go, Brandon. Even Brandon knew that wasn't the case, but he just smiled and kept on talking about his win. Now, since that time, many people on the right have been saying this 
and the amount of left-wing media meltdown over this is so hilarious and quite honestly sad. You've had many on the left saying that this should be considered hate speech, that this is the same as saying or cheering on ISIS, and my favorite from Ken Delane of MSNBC saying that this needs to get looked into by the Secret Service because this is a security concern. I'm not making this up, by the way. People have actually said these things. From listening to past shows, you all know I love me some good old-fashioned pointing out double standards. Now, yes, even though this one should be much to do about nothing, people tend to make things out of a bunch of nothing, which normally ends up with foot in mouth. Now, I remember it wasn't too terribly long ago when Trump was in office, many people on the left were saying things like, not my president. Celebrities like Robert De Niro saying why he was on stage, F Trump. And I also remember when Kathy Griffin in, in an entertainment magazine holding up a fake severed head of Trump. And oh, by the way, all this was done prior to the January 6th insurrection in case anyone wants to use that as an excuse for why they maybe did it. Now, funny how Let's Go Brandon is considered hate by the left, but all of the above that was done to Trump is just fine. Now, yes, I know many on the right do the same thing, like as we talked about, but that still doesn't mean that all of this just isn't complete lunacy. The reason why there isn't a definition or a solid answer for what hate speech is has much to do with the fact that there is no mutual constitutional law that says what is and isn't hate speech. If there was, we would have to take away the First Amendment because whether we like it or not, or whether we agree with it or not, what you consider hate speech is just freedom of speech for the next person. Yes, I know it sucks to have to hear someone that has the opposite view of you talking, but let Cousin Johnny provide a little bit of a solution, a little bit of help on this issue. Because I feel that I have a concrete, solid solution of how we can actually all get past when things like this happen. Get over it. Not everybody is going to agree with you. And that's okay. Trust me, your life will go on. And so will theirs. You'll go to sleep at night. You'll wake up in the morning. The world keeps spinning. So instead of getting bogged down on these petty squabbles over this person says something about this person that I like. Let's just all appreciate the fact that no matter what I or you believe, we actually have the constitutional right to do it. I think we should let it go. I think Let's Go Brandon is just as much freedom of speech as anybody saying F Trump or not my president.
Just relax. Breathe. It's okay. Exhale. Let it go. Now, doesn't that feel better? Doesn't that feel better? Just let all that hate out your heart. Just to let it go. Our life has ended up a lot better by not giving two cents about what the next person says or thinks. It'll work for you too. All right, ladies and gents. All right, let me switch gears to this. So another above average performance in the last, in my last week's NFL picks, I was three and two, which makes my overall record 19 and 16, which is nothing to write home about, but at least it's better than finishing under 500. None too fancy this week. So let's just dive in and get into these games. So the first game I'm going to pick this week is the Cowboys and the Falcons. So the Falcons coming off their improbable win over the Saints, who actually the week prior to just beat the Bucks. So you would think that the Saints would have been better prepared for that game, but no, Atlanta came out and played really well. The last time the Falcons played the Cowboys, they should have won if it wasn't for just one of the most spectacular onside kicks in the history of the NFL happening. So the Falcons also might be a little motivated and up for this game. The Cowboys, on the other hand, was flying high and then played Denver and then just kind of forgot how to play football. I mean, at one point, the Cowboys were down 30 to nothing in that game. 30 to nothing. The Cowboys with what some consider the top-ranked offense in the league. 30 to nothing. Now, do I think the Cowboys are that bad? No. Do I think they might bounce back this week? They should. They're at home. They're a pretty heavy favorite versus the Falcons. I think the Vegas line last I saw was eight. So with that being said, I'm going to pick the Cowboys simply because I don't think Dak Prescott is going to play as bad as he did last week again. I don't think some of the receivers are going to be dropping balls that they normally catch and put things in their back pocket. Now, the Cowboys defense, as I've mentioned before, even though they are improved, there's things that they have to watch out for. I'm sure Diggs now is starting to notice that teams are double moving him early. So hopefully he'll make that adjustment. I think Demarcus Lawrence is back this week too. So that's going to help. I don't know if Ty Smith is back, but if he comes back, I don't think he's back though. But even with that, Demarcus Lawrence on that defensive line, opposite Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons is going to help generate more pressure. Cowboys have an overall better football team, so I'm going with Cowboys over Falcons. Let's go to my next game on the list, and that is the Saints and the Titans. So as I just mentioned, Saints last week lost a game they shouldn't have lost to the Falcons. And this week they're playing the Titans, who actually won a game that nobody expected them to win. They went into L.A., and beat the, well, I don't want to say beat the brakes off the rounds, but it was a pretty decisive victory. Now, yes, Matthew Stafford kind of gave them two 
gifts early to get them 14 points. You take that away, then maybe the Rams win that game. But nevertheless, the Titans won that game when everybody, including me, was expecting them to actually lose and for their season to start to wane considering Derrick Henry is out for the year. They bought, they brought back Adrian Peterson, but let's be honest, this isn't Adrian Peterson of five, six years ago. So didn't think he was actually going to make that big of an impact. First game back, he actually scored a touchdown. So um, I was a big props to a first ballot Hall of Famer when he decides to retire. This week, the Saints are starting Trevor Simeon, I believe. Uh, Taysom Hill, this is his second week back. He'll actually, you know, contribute. There's rumors that OBJ, they could sign him. I personally think he's going to the Packers because why would you go to the Saints where they don't have a quarterback to throw you the ball? You just kind of dealt with that with Baker. And again, Baker is better than Trevor Simeon by a lot, but he just wasn't really getting the ball consistently. So I don't think he's going to go there. Having said that, I am picking the Saints over the Titans. Do I have a good reason for this? No, I do not. I have no factual reason to give you that other than I need them to lose because I need my coach to catch them. The only reason why I'm picking this game, you could call it an upset. The Saints are five and three. So, I mean, I guess it would be an upset, but it isn't my upset pick though. More on that later, but I got Saints over Titans. Next game on my list is the Patriots and the Browns. So, the Browns last week looked really good over Cincinnati, uh, minus OBJ. For whatever reason, Baker Mayfield plays better when OBJ isn't there. Now, I don't blame OBJ when he's there and Baker just can't give him the ball and the team doesn't look as good. But, I mean, coincidence is a coincidence. This is twice where OBJ goes out and the Browns look better. Not saying it's OBJ's fault, but Browns look better. This week, they play the Patriots, who, surprisingly, the Patriots have won four out of their last five games. And honestly, they've been in all five of those games. The game they lost in there, they lost to the Cowboys in overtime. Their uh, rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, is playing like a rookie at times, but he's actually looking pretty good. There were a lot of people saying obviously coming out that Mac Jones coming out of college was the most ready to play. And you could tell that sometimes when you actually watch him on the field. The Patriots are at home and in this game I'm picking the Patriots. And y'all already know I can't stand the Patriots, but I do have much respect for who I consider the best football coach whoever lived in Bill Belichick, I can I think I see him riding the ship. And I think I see him guiding the Patriots to the playoffs. I really do. And like I mentioned before, I think that ASC North is going to be a really tight race all year. I still have Baltimore in that division. Cleveland, you know, they're still going to be able to compete to get into, you know, a wild card spot. But I have Patriots winning this game over the Browns. Next game on my list, is Chiefs and Raiders. So the Chiefs, the Chiefs have not played well all year. They haven't. Patrick Mahomes and even that offense has not played and looked well. Kansas City is only averaging 24, I guess if you're rounded, 25 points a game, which actually kind of puts them middle of the pack. And normally Kansas City is a top five offense. 
They just haven't looked right this year. Now, some of that could be because they just haven't fixed those offensive line problems. That offensive line is still leaky. Patrick Mahomes at times is still running for his life. And even though they beat Green Bay last week, let's be honest, if Aaron Rodgers had been there, then they probably would have lost that game and lost it pretty easy. The Raiders, on the other hand, lost last week, had a horrible loss to the New York Giants last week. That's just a game that you can't afford to lose. And the Raiders had actually kind of been riding a little high, you know, since John Gruden and the ghost of Chucky got lifted off that franchise. But for whatever reason, they just had a horrible loss to the Giants. With that being said, Vegas is at home and this is a division rivalry game. But I still believe in the Chiefs and I think they're going, I don't think they're going to win that division. I mean, I guess they could. I just don't think so. If they win this game, though, I think they'll actually be back in first place in that division, which would be wild considering how their year started. But I'm picking Kansas City to beat the Raiders here and vault Kansas City back in the first place in that division. I still like the Raiders' chances, though, to obviously end up playing for a wild card spot. But this week, I have Chiefs over Raiders. And the last game I'm going to pick is the... Panthers and the Cardinals. So the Cardinals are looking like the best team in football. Last week, they won without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Colt McCoy came in and played extremely well, and a team I thought would beat them in the 49ers actually ended up getting slapped by the Cardinals. The Panthers, on the other hand, have not looked good at all. They have lost four out of their last five games. Their offense can't move the ball. I think I read a report that said that they were thinking about bringing back Cam Newton, signing Cam Newton back. I don't know if they're doing it to be a backup or maybe the thing to try to save the season. Man, love for Sam Donald fell out pretty quick, didn't it? I remember getting a year they were 3-0. See, it's just the Jets. Sam Donald is an okay quarterback, and now he's playing like crap. So... Maybe with the addition of Cam, maybe the Panthers have a shot. If they, again, if they add him because he has not been added to the roster, they're just in talks. Having said that, the, the Cardinals are at home. They should definitely win this game. I'm picking the Panthers in this game. Do I have a good reason for this? No. I have absolutely positively no reason for the Panthers to win this game. None. But I'm picking them anyway. Because that's my upset of the week. I picked the Cardinals. I don't think they're going to go 16-1. and one. I think they're going to go something like 14-3. and three. So they got to lose two other games. And what other game that spells trap game on their schedule like this one? This is the classic. We should beat the bricks off this team trap game. And if you come out flat, the Panthers could actually shock them and beat them. So that's why I'm picking the Panthers. No stats, no logic really, just a gut feeling. So Panthers over Cardinals, that's what I have. I have Cowboys over Falcons, Saints over Titans, Patriots over Browns, Chiefs over Raiders, and Panthers over Cardinals in an upset. All right, ladies and gents, before I get out of here today, let me switch gears 
to this topic that I, and this article that I saw and I read about online, which to me actually is pretty disturbing. There was, there was this story I read out of the intercept back on October 25th. That's when the story was actually printed. I recently read it, but that's when the print found. If you actually go to their website, theintercept.com, and you try to look up the story, it's dated October 25th. But in this story, there were parents who were getting reported to Child Protective Services. Believe it or not, it wasn't for child abuse or even child abandonment. It was for them keeping their kids out of school due to their concerns with the school's COVID policies and in some cases lack thereof. One parent in the article, who was a part of the PTA for their school, which was located in the D.C. Maryland area, said that the policies were vague, everyone was scrambling, so we decided to keep our kids home for the first week of school in hopes that the D.C. public school district would realize they made a mistake and catch up with things like testing and outdoor eating. So nothing in there even about masks. They just wanted them to actually test and, you know, have kids, you know, a little more socially distant. So the family decided to withhold their kids from going to school, much like many other families have done throughout the U.S., I mean, heck, even I did this when my son, me and his mother decided to do that for part of this year when school started back since that was around the time that the Delta variant was kicking in um, at the highest levels. And even the school district he was going to didn't have guidelines in place with knowing what they would do when an outbreak would happen. I think if y'all remember me saying in an earlier podcast that my I ended up getting COVID from my son and my son got it while he was at school. And after he was out for COVID, we had him out and we were, you know, obviously getting with the, you know, the principal and people on the school board and their whole stance was, well, when he feels better, he can come back. So no standards across the board with COVID whatsoever, which we found troubling, which is why we held him out for a little bit. Now, you would think that considering everything that we have dealt with thus far with the pandemic, uh, with it being new, that there would be some grace and thoughtfulness given. But nope, that didn't happen for them or for many other families around the country. For this family in particular, a social worker contacted them to question them about the safety and well-being of their child. Now, what's crazy is that the social worker didn't really have or really didn't even know what was happening with all of this either. Since during the call with the social worker, the mother stated that they told her that we don't know what's going to happen we don't have any sense of where this will go. Now, shortly after that conversation and answering questions for them, they were contacted by a CPS agent to actually set up a home visit since the information provided on the phone call clearly wasn't good enough. Now, 
For anyone that either has, or even if you haven't dealt with CPS, as a parent or someone with a child, it is certainly not an experience that you want. Because normally CPS, at least in most people's minds, can equal my child being taken from me, which is exactly the way this particular lady in the article felt. Which begs more of the question as to the insanity when it comes to the different rules and laws that's being passed through COVID. I know that with the pandemic, there have been so many changes that has affected us, whether it be positively or negatively, but things like this shouldn't be happening. Parents are already going through enough with kids actually from all of last year not being in school and having to pretty much all of a sudden transform themselves into classroom teachers because of the pandemic. And now for this to happen, and this happened in more than just the D.C. Maryland area, there's reports out of Georgia, there's reports out of um, other states as well where this has been an issue. That report mentioned or hinted at that there have been thousands of cases around the United States where this has been an issue. And I know we all want to get back to normal at some point, but I also know that the only way we're going to be able to get back to normal is by actually realizing the toll that this pandemic has taken on all of us and having some level of sensitivity in regarding to these type of situations. So that way parents won't find themselves in an uncomfortable or unfavorable position with having to deal with a government agency coming in and thinking that harm is being done to the child simply because the parent wants better protocols put in place so that way they can feel safe or feel more secure about their kids going back to school. I think that's ultimately all what parents want. We don't want certain mandates. We don't need, you know, kids to be told to mask or told to not unmask or told to take a vaccination or told to not take a vaccination. I think parents just want a choice to decide on what they want to do with their kids' safety. And they want to know that the school districts actually have that same best entrance, not only of the parent, but of course, certainly of the children that are going to those schools. Hopefully, again, if you've actually had to deal with this yourself, and again, this is in the U.S., I don't know if there's cases overseas because I know I have some international listeners and maybe something that's happening overseas too. But hopefully, again, this won't be something that becomes a more concerning issue and certainly hope that no parents get their kids taken from anything like this because that's just going to lead to more unrest as we are as it already is when it comes to COVID and what some deem government overreach with these different type of issues. All right, ladies and gents, well, that's it for today's show. I appreciate you all tuning in. If you like what you're listening to here, go to my Facebook page, which can be found at RYL Now. That's the word R spelled out, YL Now on Facebook. Give me a like, 
Give me a follow there. Also, look for me on my new social media platform on TikTok, found under All You Listening Now. And of course, on a very different sites, give me a like and, like and subscribe. So that way, when the podcast drops, you'll get it. Having said that, hope you all have a very good week. And I will talk to you all later. Peace.